going to have, have about 15 rule books on either side. <coughs> you have to hernia, it's the only game that can give you a hernia. Phrase. It's the only game that can give you a hernia. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that, the that's strap yeah. line, yeah. yeah. try the truly awesome task of stitching together an RPG from the body parts of other role-playing games chosen by a group of role-playing game enthusiasts with the sole intention of attempting to make the ultimate role-playing game. So in this episode we're looking at the topics of magic and initiative and the pod takes another unexpectedly educational turn but still relies on the twin aids of paper-based graphical representations of ideas and our creaking steam-driven computer shallow thought uh, to keep philosophy out and forensic examination to the fore. Before we start though, we do need to make an apology to a section of the community upset at our blatant partiality in the last episode, Traveller fans. Sorry we didn't include Traveller in character generation. Well, I say sorry. Anyway, hopefully we won't alienate any more of our core listenership this time, although Tunnels and Trolls fans might want to stop listening just about now. Anyway, here we go. So, uh, if, if you're all ready, we'll, we'll get underway. Is that all right? Yeah, that's good. Good. So, uh, welcome all to our, uh, our very impressive looking panel on a very early morning uh, recording session. So, firstly, thank you very much indeed for being here. And I'll just ask if you would just to introduce yourself and give me a little bit more um, background detail on uh, on your sort of, uh, things like Twitter handles. How, how can people then berate you on Twitter after you've given your ridiculous ideas? Uh, Kat, could you... <laughs> I was hoping I was going to be picked last. Um, I'm Kat, uh, Mir for Beer on Twitter. I'm also one of the directors of RP Haven. Um, I'm easy enough to find on Twitter. Um, please do berate me for any of the weird and wonderful ideas I'm going to have, especially when it comes to initiative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're not a big fan of initiative. Uh, no, Jim. Plan, not. No. <laughs> Jim. Yeah, Jim Mosley. Uh, I guess you described me in role-playing game terms as a long-time Archie Glanza fan. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at JimJim underscore the underscore grin. Handy. Nice. Tripped off the tongue, that one. Yeah, and, it's, a, uh, yeah it's a ring reference. <laughs> good. And uh, finally, uh, Chris. Hello, I'm uh, Chris, also known as Dirt the Dice from The Grognard Files. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Grognard File, because uh, Twitter won't let me have the extra S. <laughs> it's mean like that, isn't it? I couldn't put in yeah. total the Frankenstein's role-playing game podcast, which is what I clearly wanted to do. So, uh, again, thank you very much for coming. So we've got, uh, we've got two topics to have a look at today. 
Um, the first of those is uh, uh, magic. Uh, the second, obviously, will be initiative. So if we sort of jump straight into to, to magic, uh, I, I won't necessarily keep the same running order all the way through. I like to mix it up a bit. That's the kind of rebel I am. Uh, so uh, magic, I just sort of think it would be one of these things where uh, there'd be some sort of commonality, I guess, on games. I don't know whether the, whether that would be something you, you think about as well. But there's so much stuff out there, and everybody seems to do it completely differently. But uh, so, Kat, we will start with you, I'm afraid. Um, magic. So uh, what, what, where, who do you think does it well? Alternatively, who do you think does it badly? And then um, yeah, we'll put it to the, the rest of the panel. Who does it well? Um, I am a bigger fan of... Not necessarily, oh, sounds very weird for me to say this, but I think Vampire does magic a little bit awkwardly, <laughs> which is okay. really odd. So, but on the similar vein to that, I do really like Simbaran. I love the magic system in there because unlike D&D and Pathfinder, and to a certain point RuneQuest, instead of you being able to have these big powerful spells and you can either do them once a day or depending on your class, you can do it several times like a bard or a sorcerer can cast multiple times at a certain level. Simbaran does it really nicely in that, yes, you can do that if you like, but each time you do it, there's a cost. There's a potential for you to get corrupted or damaged or some damage to your character. Whereas in the other systems, magic has no real cost as per se. I, I feel that, and I feel that is a real... Negative side to it because you just come, it comes a little bit utilitarian. You know, I have magic, I'm just going to use it. Whereas what I like with magic, particularly from coming from um, fantasy books, where like the Dragonlance books, you could see the cost of magic on Raceland, you could see it corrupting him, or mm -hmm. you could see it on other characters where it uplifted them, made them more noble, or they, you know, did greater things. So I like the Simbran system where you do have that corruption cost that you might get corrupted if you can, if you just continue to do it without a, without a thought to what you're doing. Mm. Okay, so and Simbran is very sort of specific in terms of setting and stuff. Do you think the the magic is sort of particularly tied into that, or could you could you apply it elsewhere? Do you think you can? Or do you I have mean, to set against him? Yeah, you could you could easily. I mean, obviously, Simran, the the corruption is due to Davaka. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the corruption you find is due to the forest. But for example, liminal, you have the similar thing. You can use magic as much as you like, but it really knocks your willpower down, and that's yeah. not a great thing. As any of you know, if you've ever played liminal, you really, as a magic user, do not want to get your willpower too far down because the chances are that final hit by somebody else would. Do you some serious damage so you've got mm. a balancing game again and that's what i like i like that cut that trade-off cost where you have to make a choice of is magic the best course of action here or mm. you know not i'm I, you know i'm not a, uh, not the i'm a big wizard i can just do whatever i like type thing which you get in DD &D. when you get to the 15th level wizards generally go from being at the back of the party being protected by everyone because they're little fragile little things at first level to <laughs> they're the ones who are like stand back boys i've got this and <laughs> anyway, that's the real flip in dnd i find and even with fifth edition dnd i still see that whereas mm -hmm. i like in liminal and simbran and the others where the wizards and everyone they, they rely on everything there's more party balance as well because magic can really unbalance a party quickly in higher levels if you're not careful mm -hmm. 
So Liminal does also have it. And there's a few other game systems that does. Um, Fifth Edition Vampire has it because you've got the rouse checks now and you don't have oh, you don't have indefinite blood pool anymore. It is a 50-50 chance. Is it going to cost you something or not out of five points? You know, you don't want to get down to having no points at all because that's really not a good place. So I like the balance. I like magic systems to have that that cost, that actual personal cost. So, so obviously, uh, Vampire of the Masquerade is the, is the we're talking about there. And, uh, it's, it's interesting. So mechanically, uh, it's it's that sort of cost versus benefit of magic. Yeah. So, it, what about in terms of uh, flavour, almost, or you know, or sort of because yeah, ma magic should be quite sort of. Um, you know, hugely sort of impactful and, and should be should be magical. You know, it should be absolutely fantastically unbelievable. Do you think they they do that in the right way as well? Those games that you talked about, Vampire, Liminal, Symbrum? Yeah, for both. Because the uh, in some of the spells that you do get in these are very powerful. And they're more powerful than you get in D&D &D at that level when you're your starting mm. character. And okay. they do ramp up. They do get more powerful. You can add... A, I mean, a lot of these also... I do find with Simbrun and also with uh, Liminal, mm. the way that the, the, the magic spell, as it were, is phrased means that the storyteller can, and with the player, they can talk about it and they can change the effect slightly. Still in the same vein of the spell, but you can do that. Yeah. And that's lovely. Whereas with more of the hidebound spell systems like D&D or Pathfinder, there is a strict, this is what the spell does. And mm. no, there's no wriggle room. And that's what I like about them because they are more impactful in, I think, Simber and, and Liminal because you can adjust them to the, to the, the flavor of the character casting it. They do mm. become that big, powerful thing. Uh, you know, Liminal, particularly if you've got a Geomancer who can do stuff in their area, you know, mm. for them to be able to, I don't know, in London, make some of the statues come alive to help in a fight is really, really mm. cool. Yeah. Um, you don't get that kind of same flavour, I feel, you know, and it's more impactful for the players because it is personal to them. It's not just a, I'm casting fireball. Uh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad Liminal's got at least uh, one one mention. So, uh, okay, uh, Chris, what about you? I know that you're a big fan of uh, particularly things like Vancy and Magic and stuff. Do you think anywhere, who would you say or who would you hold up as a great example of, of Magic, do you think? Well, when it comes to your Frankenstein monster of a game, I think it's going to be a, a difficult for you to extract a Frankenstein monster game from the setting because by mm. implication, magic says a lot about the world in which the characters inhabit and which the game set. So mm. it's very difficult to look at magic mechanics in isolation. And just to pick up on something that Kat was saying about game balance, I do think that some games, particularly D&D, &D, tear themselves apart trying to create games, game balance. I think you've got to accept that magic breaks the game. If you want it to be flavorful, flavorful uh, I've not got my teeth in this morning. It is early. <laughs> If you of want flavor, to, yeah. <laughs> of flavor. You want it flavorful, <laughs> you've got to accept that it's going to break things. It's going to be... Yeah. Uh, something that is uh, fantastical. Otherwise, it ends up being, like uh, Kat was saying, utilitarian. So some of yeah. the uh, early RuneQuest uh, magic, uh, spirit magic, that was just like sticking uh, bonuses on 
and modifying your, uh, the effects. And it's very low yeah. level, very utilitarian, and a bit prosaic, and not 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 that great. I think magic should be uh, wonderful and uh, fantastic, and allow the characters to uh, and the players to be inventive with it. And I, I, I think there's always a, two ways to go. There's the freeform way, which uh, you see in games like Maelstrom. I think you're going to uh, put a case up for that, I'm sure. Maybe. Uh, and uh, th- there's you know spell lists, you know endless spell lists that you you're given and uh, you got access yeah. to. Um, and I think there's uh, somewhere in between because I do think that players need something to rub up against, um, so some limitations, so that they can be innovative, like Kat was saying, so that they can push the limits of what something can do. So if you've got a magic mouth on the end of a, an arrow uh, to cause a distraction, so, so it sounds like somebody's talking behind a, a tree. That's a great use of magic, isn't it? A very inventive use of magic. Um, and that's the kind of thing that you want to get out of the magic system. So I'm going to put forward uh, a truly Vancian uh, magic, and that is the magic that you get with Leoness. And Leoness okay. is based on Mithras, which is a RuneQuest-derived game, and that has a whole a whole host of ways of generically dealing with uh, magic in the core book. But in Leoness... Um, for Vance, the uh, magic takes two forms. There's fairy magic, which on the face of it seems fairly useless and it cantrips. So they can turn milk sour, for example, or make people dance uncontrollably, or they can just inflict people with hives and rashes so that they look terrible and, uh, you know, they have to spend some time scratching them. Uh, so you get that, all that kind of fairy magic. We also have another level magic, which is Sendisteins. So these are where sorcerers are have to negotiate with strange creatures that inhabit um, the world of Leoness you know, and barter with yep. them to do favours. And those Sendisteins can take the form of strange things like door knockers or a chair leg, and they can do fantastic... <laughs> or, or, or iron scorpions, or that kind of thing. So they, they, okay. they're weird creatures from other planes that uh, sorcerers have to negotiate with. And the way that it's limited within the, the Leoness setting is there's Mergen's edict. And Mergen has said, he's a main sorcerer, has said that you can't use magic to interfere with the affairs of mortals. So part of the fun of using magic in uh, Leoness is mm-hmm. using it in a way that avoids Mergen's uh, intervention. Edict. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, edict. So it, that's that's a limiter as well. But I think, um, you know, you're going to come on to Jim, and Jim's played of Le- Leoness. And mm. because the magic is uh, unusual and unsettling, it kind of disarms the players when NPCs have got it because they're not quite sure what it's going to do to them. It's going to be one of those things where it becomes almost like a, it's sort of like a collaborative thing, magic. So when you want to try and do something, then, you know, whether it's using a sandestine or, or, or fairy magic, other people have got to be involved. So you're almost like setting the bounds of this or, uh, or does it, or is it purely driven by the player? 
Um, when it comes to sendisting magic that is defined by the player, and it has to be said that it's mainly NPCs that use sendisting magic, um, but okay. with fairy magic, that's just a simple spell list, but you can use that spell list in an inventive way. Um, and it is, uh, it, uh, on the face, it mechanically, uh, uh, you know, let's put the game into it, because I am all about the fluff, after all. Uh, let's put mechanically, <laughs> it just deals with it. In a similar way to uh, Mithras, which is it's essentially a skill roll, and there's okay. a, a cost to it, magic point cost. Hmm. So uh, Leoness, uh, Simbaroom, Liminal. We talked about talked a bit about RuneQuest. Uh, coming on to uh, now, um, Jim, big RuneQuest fan, clearly. Clearly. Uh, it, and is RuneQuest top of your list when you're talking about magic, or is it something slightly more ephemeral? No, it's not. I'm going to go old school with this. So <laughs> I, I, I like what both Kat and Chris said about having something that, that's uh, perhaps uh, system-specific or rather uh, fits in with the world that you're playing in. Uh, I think, I think that's, that, that, that's good because it reflects the flavour of the world. But for the Frankenstein, role-playing game because it is going to be a mismatch of things i think there's only one choice really and that's taking a dnd-esque hack so, yeah. um and, and, and why would you say somebody that's such a big Lorenzo stroke runequest fan be into that because my, my dirty little secret is reading the dnd player's handbook back in the day and looking through all these wonderful lists of spells and thinking Blimey, you know you need a you need a, a rat's tail and a cockatrice egg just to cast this. And, and you, you imagine that there's this magic user supported by a, a, a kind of bearer, a bit like a golf caddy, with all of this, all of this stuff into cast things and, and whatever. And I just remember being, being fascinated by this and the idea of it. And uh, a mate of mine that, that was instrumental in, in getting me playing role playing once had this. A uh, character called Radagast the Brown, original name I know, um, and, oh, and, and he, yeah, from somewhere, and, and he blew himself up with a mm. with a fireball with the backdraft because he'd cast it. But then he calculated the fact that because he was in a corridor, he fried himself. And and one of my <laughs> one of my few experiences of D and D esque magic is with with Dungeon Crawl Classic at a convention where I managed to gas the party for similar reasons. Um, and, and I like the variable elements of that because you had a you had a spell, uh, gas cloud or whatever it was, and you you, you, you yeah. know you cast it. But there's a random element when you cast it. So not only do you have the spell description, but you've got a table, and depending on how good you are as a magic user, will influence yep. uh, your role with a modifier. And uh, unfortunately, mine was quite effective. Um, and consequently, uh, as well as gassing the nasty creatures that are attacking us, uh, I also uh, made some deleterious effects on the party. So um, mm -hmm. I, I, I think the problem with the D&D magic is uh, at the basic level, you've just got one or two spells and then that's it. That's, yeah. your, that's your involvement over, whereas something like RuneQuest or whatever is, you know, you're constantly doing things. So there's a... Uh, and you also and you also have to be able to survive to be able to cast more spells in D and D, which always seems a bit bizarre to me. But... Yes, and, and then bizarrely, you, you hang at the back of the party, firing a sling all all day for the rest of it, um, or maybe reading a scroll or something like that that allegedly requires a bit of insight. Yeah. So that that's yeah. sort of the problem with that. But but I've seen a way around that in something I'm I'm playing. There's a uh, a kind of OSR type uh, D and D hack 
called uh, Saga of the Splintered Realm. And the, the sorcerers in that have cantrips and they can cast them whenever they want. And it's something relatively yeah. uh, harmless, like uh, casting a light on a shield or doing a little zap of magical damage that is in effect on a par with throwing a dagger or firing a sling or whatever. But it, it still yep. gives the wizard that, that kind of flavor of using magic rather than you know, being a glass cannon and then resorting to something else. Um, mm. So I'd, I'd look for us to, to hack our own D&DS system, but base it firmly on, on that kind of idea. Um, okay, and which, which, which edition of D&D? Original or AD&D or are we up to eighth edition or something? Mm, now? I, I, I'm I'm not a D&D versed person, but I'd say AD&D. It's interesting because in in the fifth edition, they've got cantrips now, haven't they? I was quite surprised. So I, I haven't played Dungeons and Dragons since I was you know, 13, 14, hadn't played it. Then they did OSR, which was really just sort of stepping back in time, which was fantastic. And then I had a couple of sessions of 5e. And in that, actually, I, I thought they'd made some sort of attempts to balance out the magic so that you did have, you know, cantrips and other bits and pieces. So you could be involved and doing lots of different things, you know, with, with still sort of not putting yourself at risk as a character, if you like, with your one hit point. And uh, and I thought it, it made you feel a little bit more inclusive rather than look, I'll hang around for a couple of scenarios mm. and see if I can get up to a reasonable level so I can kill things more often. Um, I, and I think the other thing is with D&D, &D, and funny enough, we were sort of discussing this in the last one, which is there's lots of rules in there that are never played. And the sorts of magic rules that you're talking about where you could apply, well, you know, there are there are penalties to using some of this magic. One of them clearly is that you could die falling over uh, but the second bit is you know th there are issues with casting spells like needing to have you know the individual spell components as well being mm. another one and, and lots of those little rules don't get paid but but ad and d is is your man yeah something it? around that but as i say I, I think hacking it for the for the setting is is a good idea because then it then it sets it in the world and you can you can take that that d and d idea uh, perhaps add some DCC flavour in with some variability, but don't take it to the ridiculous mm -hmm. lengths of Rollmaster where you, at higher levels, you roll on the table and you change the world. Um, you know, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> You've just stolen my thunder because obviously I was going to use spell law as my my, <laughs> my great example. I wasn't. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, uh, all three of you. I've gone down the route of, of as Martin has, but I've done the spreadsheet O magic uh, here, so I've gone through a number of games that I quite like, and interesting enough, a couple of people brought stuff up on, on Twitter as well. Uh, Ars Magica being one of those, Ars Magica, Ars, Torg being another one, and interesting enough, we had um, Barbarians of Lemuria also uh, entered, but but oddly enough, it being that most non-player characters are the ones that are using magic, a little bit like you're talking about. Chris with um, with Leoness, you know, it tends to be uh, tends to be the, the protagonists, if you like, the, or the antagonists. I can't remember which one it is, but who have the magic. Uh, so in my in my massive spreadsheet, O magic, uh, I went through. There are a few that I really like. I like Woofrup. I think Woofrup uh, Warhammer Fantasy Role Playing also has that bit about um, you know penalties being cast with 
taint and chaos. Uh, I also quite like the you know the spell names like the Great Fires of Ujul and the Caress of Lanif. I thought was a, a, quite a nice, neat way of doing it. Um, in 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 my bizarre marking system, they only got seven out of ten though. So, uh, Dragonmore is very much like D and D. Um, Tunnels and Trolls again. Uh, the biggest issue with Tunnels and Trolls is those silly names. Can't get away I from it. Nice. Hate them. You like the oh, names? No. Well, yeah, but you, 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 I'm I'm still waiting for the My Little Pony session that we've been we've been promised for some time now. Uh, Call of Cthulhu. I think Call of Cthulhu is is an interesting one. Where again, you know, you talk about cost to 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 magic mm. and stuff, and also it tends again not to be one that that you know, is used by player characters. In fact, I can't think of a session where I've ever had a player character cast a spell. Um, a Merpin role master, obviously, um, Barbarians of Lemuria, Savage Worlds, I think it's quite good. And also Savage Worlds is very adaptable. But I don't think that's what we should, it's not probably the best example of of, of magic. Um, and then, yeah, Forbidden Lands, again, going into that sort of Simbrum for free league kind of ter territory. And, and I think the only other observation that I would have made about Dungeons & Dragons, on a very personal level, I think that, that magic is just a bit too commonplace. If, I guess it's the way probably that you get um, you you sort of would run your game, but it does feel as if it's a little bit too easy, you know. And magic items are a bit too easy to find. Um, so I I came down to two actually that I like. The first is uh, liminal again is another one I think is absolutely brilliant. But but I like liminal anyway. I like the idea of it being set in modern day. I like the idea of you know there's so much that you can do with the system. And it's a very simple system. And and again, magic has to be a sort of a more of a specialization and genuinely has uh, you know, magical unforeseen consequences and sort of fantastical consequences, which I really enjoy. But I'm I'm going to go for, uh, and, and I've said it again somewhere else, uh, can't think where, uh, Maelstrom is, is the one for me, I think. The, the reason why I like Maelstrom is... I think of of the things that you were saying, Chris, is is where you set a you set a difficulty level. There is still the mechanic of a role, but you can you can debate the difficulty level of what it is you're trying to do from from very mundane, uh, you know, startling. So in in a recent uh, in a recent uh, gaming session, we had a, a startling a, a covey of uh, birds out of a uh, out of a bush, which surprised a horse and led to somebody falling on the ground. That was a, a spell. So relatively mundane through to, you know, absolutely madness, which is the trying to cast something that ends the world. Um, and then you have a role and, and, but it's, it's a real sort of, uh, it's, it's a system that isn't particularly over-regulated and also allows you, if you have the bent to play a magic using class or to be a sorcerer or a witch or a, you know, a, a sort of a wizard that you can then, express yourself through it um so but that's probably i like that sort of freeform nature i think that's that's where i i get a real buzz out of that so and i think for, i yeah, think for some that's, that's that's kind of it i think for some players um, they can really get into that can't they They can get into that freeform play and narrate yeah. the results and that kind of thing but others uh, yeah. There's different styles of plays, and there's some people like to be tactical, don't they, and look at, to the fine detail yeah. of what a spell can do and mm. apply that. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. horses for courses, I guess, isn't it? it? It depends what kind of play experience you want yeah. to get. Yeah, and and I, and I think you're right. I think that's that is the that is the real nub of what we're sort of trying to do. Is you know, actually, are you designing a, a, a system? that anybody could play or are you designing a system that people of a similar mindset to, to, to ours, I guess you'd say could play. So it's, it's not easy. You know, if it was a generic system, if it was a, if we were designing another version of Dungeons and Dragons, we'd probably take it in a slightly different, more mechanical, more easily understood way. But I think as I'm getting older, I want that variability and that imagination to come to the yeah, fore. I think so, so with, with player style, I mean, even with D and D, you do have total difference between people going, Right, I plotted my area. Um, that is going to be a fireball in that area. And then you've got other people who will describe yeah. what they're doing. Uh, I, I don't think too much. Yeah. The bending of the rules or the the trying to add a flavour. I think even the person who says I cast fireball will will get into it if they if it's explained to them because quite often sometimes mm. style is just mm. I've only I've only known one style of play. For some people, some people don't have yeah. that opportunity to play at conventions or online or with different people other than the same four people they've always played with. And I mean, do start no, playing true. with other people. A lot of people do get a little bit more flexible. Some don't, admittedly. There will always be people who are, this is what I like and that's what I want to stick to. Fair play, go for it. Mm. But I think all systems, I think most of them, there are, there are very few systems I would say that your person who just wants to, to say, I cast X, very few systems mm. that they can't do that in in other games. I mean, one I would say you could never do that in is Mage, uh, just purely because that is that is all about how you are going to do something, how you are going to change the world, and literally end the world sometimes mm. in that game. But that one was the only one I can yeah. really think of that would be difficult for somebody. But okay, I I I think you're absolutely. Right. I think that's it. But but let's 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 try and see if we can manufacture something that you know we can all if if not agree on that will be informed by some sort of uh, some sort of background. But I think you're right. It, you know, if it's where's my cone template and and you know <laughs> those three I take out and whatever, then it, uh, not necessarily what I would want to do. But I do I, I absolutely oh. take the point. Okay, so so we've got to, we've got to get down to some sort of. Um, some sort of confluence on this, and we could t- we could quite literally talk about magic for the rest of the day, I'm sure. So, uh, Chris, then you've you're, you've said you're going to go for Leoness. Are you you're sticking with that? That's your preferred. I don't think I've uh, made enough of a case of uh, the spell names as well, because you know, as we've said, to add that flavour, spell names are important. That's the reason why some of us are repelled by uh, tons and trolls. Although some people love the names, don't they? Uh, poor baby, take that, you yeah, fiend, yeah. and uh, some other off-colour mm. ones. But let's give. Let, let me give you some uh, uh, titles of spells of these. Okay. Um, what about uh, Shevnasa's indolent ease, or the compulsion well, of sounds vaguely rude, or the compulsion of improper issue, or the crimson manual seizure <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah. So, so there's flavour text in here somewhere, isn't there? It's a game of innuendo. Crotzia's <laughs> yeah. pungent shadow. I mean, come on. I think what see what, again whatever. <laughs> Whatever system or mechanical uh, approach we agree to with Frankenstein's monster, I think we have to agree that it has to have some kind of flavour to it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. We may not have there, there, my baby, because nobody is, uh, uh, or whatever it is, <clears throat> because nobody said it. But uh, so spell name flavor, without a doubt, there has to be something in there. So Leoness for Chris. Cat, uh, what did you eventually come down on? Because obviously you talked about Simbrum, Liminal, which, which are you? Um, it's, it's really a toss up between those two. Um, oh, crumbs. I'm going to go with Liminal. Um, I'm going to go with Liminal. I, I love the way that uh, there is a different flavours of magic and I do love the bendability of them. And also the yeah. simple skill roll for it as well. It's it's not too complex. And you don't have to go and try and find spell ingredients of uh, find a dragon's hide or something like that. So that's... Yeah, there is an innate cost at the beginning of putting your character together. And so, okay, all right. Liminal, good. Jim. You came to us with AD&D, uh, stroke Dungeon Crawl Classics, maybe, with a cantrip on the side. Where are you, uh, where are you yeah, sitting I, now? I, I'm still for hacking our own based on the D&D-esque type concept. So I'd have uh, DCC tables for the, for the spell for some kind of variability. Um, I, I'd have some uh -huh. cantrips so that you're not sitting there twiddling your thumbs reading the spell books, as interesting as they are. Um, and working out whether you need a rat cell yeah, and yeah. a cockatrice egg next time or whatever. And and that um, sort of improvisation, uh, the the example that, that Chris gave with the magic mouth on the arrow, uh, that, that kind of thing. Um, I like being able to, the, the idea of being able to think about them, especially coming from normally playing a system where, uh, you know, you just disrupt and you roll the V3 and you, you, you take some damage to a location. It's very, yeah. um, very functional, the, the magic in RuneQuest, I'd, I'd say. So I, I like the idea of that, that fantastic yeah. nature of it and the idea of grimoires and, and whatever. So I, 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 I still think the, the magic is so important in a game and we're leaning towards a, a fantasy game here with the, with the Frankenstein system. But um, mm. hacking our own D&D-esque would be, would be the way to go. So categorise that as you will. And and it's not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's a kind of... A, I, I'm going to put AD&D stroke DCC stroke 5th okay. edition, uh, which essentially is, is, I think, three different games. I've got all my, my bases covered. Opinion, but okay. And, and, and therefore, therefore, yeah, spreading, spreading, your, spreading your risk. Well, I, I don't think it should come as any surprise that I'm going to go for... Funnily enough, actually, I, I would have been absolutely in, in, in agreement with Cat. I think Liminal, for me, is, is one of the most... I think it's just a brilliant game anyway. But I, I am, without a doubt, going old school, Maelstrom. It's, it's the kind of magic system that appeals to me. You know, there's all those things that we've talked about that you can get in there. But I, I, I absolutely take the point that actually it needs it needs more from the player and and that may not always be forthcoming if it is that you've got a, a group of people around the table who like to sort of measure things out and cones of of disruption or whatever but maelstrom is my one so we have we have a short list we have a short list uh, leoness we have the um a d and d stroke dcc stroke fifth edition from from jim uh cat has liminal and of course, I've gone with Maelstrom. So now you have to vote. So if I if I start again, uh, as as we've written those down. So Chris, you cannot vote for your own. And in the event of a tie, clearly I will cast. Uh, well, Maelstrom will win essentially. But um, 
So what what are you what are you voting for? And you can't vote for Leonis. I'm going to go for Maelstrom because you know, as we're in my description of the stuff I like about magic is that inventiveness and that uh, free form ability to I invent things. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to give you a vote, uh, Dave. Thank you. That's entirely the right decision. Uh, Kat, what are you going to go for? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Now, now our tactics going to come into it. Oh. That's me never being invited back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I think. I think it's uh, the one thing that comes out is that actually everybody wants a bit more flavour in magic. I think that's absolutely mm. the bit that has come out of this, this discussion. But Jim, you 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 have you have the chance to put something ahead in the uh, uh, in in, do, in the I? choice. Not and, and not I, um, I, Leoness. I've, I've played Liminal. Um, but I don't think that would fit in with the Frankenstein RPG in, in flavour. I think it's very baked into that kind of modern setting, that, that alternate world type thing. And although I like it, I don't think it necessarily fits in. Right. I, I love playing in Leoness, mm -hmm. uh, especially when somebody got magic cast on them and they had to apply a honey-based salve to their to their buttocks after they were cursed by a fairy. I mean, that that's just great. And that comes back to that descriptive thing. Um, but I'm going to come for something that I know nothing about based on your description of the adaptability of it, because I think that actually most probably mirrors my idea. And the reason I'm discounting Leoness, although it's a it's fantasy thing, I think the magic there is more uh, potentially about what NPCs can do. And I like the idea of, of playing and being able to use magic. So I'm going to go for Maelstrom, which is perhaps pretty boring, but... Uh, Oh, now, see now, this, this is this is this is this is the the judgment of Solomon. Now, you know, do I do I split the baby in half, as it were? Uh, oh golly, uh, we have one vote for Leon. Just to, just to build the tension slightly, we have one vote for Leoness. We have no votes so far for A D and D D and D D C C five E. We have no votes for Liminal either, but we do have two votes for Maelstrom. Uh, there's no sort of international board that we could go to for match fixing or, or anything, is there? But uh, I, I, I love the idea of Leoness, I really do. But if I if I vote for Leoness, unfortunately, that means uh, we would go to a decider, and I would then have to be the one who makes the decision. So I love Liminal, really love Liminal. I like the breadth and depth of AD and D. Uh, clearly, I love Maelstrom. But do you know what? I, I'm I'm actually going to vote for Liminal. Uh, because I think Liminal is an absolutely brilliant uh, magic system. And funnily enough, actually, I think it, it might work quite well in other other settings, but I do certainly take your point there. So, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm, 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 I'm very sorry to say that I've somehow manipulated this into, into being the magic system for the Frankenstein's RPG podcast will be from Maelstrom. I'm right. going to have to buy yet another role-playing game. What? Sorry. And uh, read upon it. I should... <laughs> Uh, if you could excuse me for five minutes, I'm just going to do a quick lap of honour around the, the neighbourhood just to let everybody know that uh, Maelstrom got in there. Thank you. So we come on to our, our, our second uh, topic uh, today, which again is one of those where quite a bit of sort of um, people have come through on on um, 
rather dogmatically, I thought, on uh, on Twitter, uh, particularly saying about um, uh, how initiative, funnily enough, actually, I think we got more responses on initiative uh, than we did on magic. Uh, you know, I, I I thought this would be pretty much open and shut, you know, uh, but but no, um, we've got uh, uh, a number of of, of things that've been particularly strong. Is RuneQuest on this? And in fact, uh, oil painting seventy one, uh, Joe gnome lover, uh, he actually says rather aggressively. I thought RuneQuest strike ranks fight me. <laughs> um, you know. Hashtag stand up for what you believe in. And that is very strident, not unusually for him. So it, 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 it's a difficult situation. So if I can go into a reverse or a gym, uh, again, initiative. H how do you feel initiative is handled? Who does it well? Who does so it I, I'm slightly on the oil painting side here. I, I, I'm for a, I'm more on the no initiative <laughs> school. And, and I, I'm, I'm back to home territory here. Um, so my uh, my uh, my pitch is the strike ranks absolutely from request. It's it's both the order okay. in which you do things and how much you can do within yep. your allotted time period the, the the round. And the the thing I like about it is is it gets away from my uh, gripe with the with the with my admittedly limited experience of the D&D-esque type game, where you roll, and it's random, you might get a modifier, yeah. but, you, but you roll. And you'd think my gripe would be with the yeah. randomness, but actually it's not. It's, it's with the fact that you don't do things simultaneously. And, and so you might, okay. uh, for instance, be at the top of the pecking order, and you get to move. So you... You flee the room or you flee the building, shutting the door behind you, and you can't be caught. And yet, yeah. uh, with at the risk of trying to make things too simulationist, um, I don't think it works like that. If somebody's fleeing the building or whatever, you're going to be chasing them with your with your big axe, um, and not they're not letting them go. Yeah, yeah, it's not of. the real world. Yeah, uh, yeah it's I'm not the real world. Is what you're saying with mm. games, but uh, yeah, so I, I like that uh, in quotes realism um, of of the strike ranks and it being deterministic is the word I'd use. Um, so that's yeah. what I uh, okay. what I'd go yeah. for, and I think it allows simultaneous actions. And admittedly, at the introduction of some complexity. Um, so yeah, that's mm. th that's uh, my my gripe about the role for initiative and and the answer to it i think is is strike ranks um although yeah i do acknowledge it it does some okay. complexity so you can you can you can take the crunch out yeah. of the game but not out of the boy uh yeah yeah strike rank, yeah and, and as i said strike ranks features heavily not quite as heavily as uh, the complete lack of traveller character generation last time, but you know, it, 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 there, there was a chiming out there with the with the fan base as, yeah. as huge yeah. as it is. And I think if you were okay, so, do a, uh, a kind of role for initiative system, um, th th there's probably some yeah. good variants out there that, that have tried to get away from some of this problem. Maybe dealt with the the, the uh, yeah. Uh, the challenge of doing things simultaneously that I'm not aware of. Uh, but, but things like the King of Dungeons idea where mm. in round one you roll based on your wisdom, then round two you're 
basing it on your decks, then from thereafter it's your stamina, so it's your constitution. Uh, but there's all kinds of hacks out there to, to fix the problem. Yep. But I think fixing the problem is actually doing away with it and just adopting strike rates. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to I'm going to leap in here now, and, and again, I've I have a spreadsheet O initiative, and as you can see, that's that's a lot of text in. There. Oh, look, hang on. And, and for the benefit of the listeners, oh, oh, oh we have oh, gosh, we've got the uh, we've got the graph uh, from from our correspondent in Bolton, uh, and and we have a yeah, I don't know what that is, is that a mind thing. map. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, this is quite so, and, and cat is just free form. Philosophically, she's uh, she, she's the, the, the cats mind mapping. There's more than the rest of us. I, 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 my, but, you know. I'm new to the of the mind. It's it's she, all up here. <laughs> initiative of the mind <laughs> brilliant of course all, all of these things have to be fed into uh, the the computer for the frankenstein's role-playing game uh, shallow thought as brought to us by uh, uh, by neil uh, but i so I, I and I, i've actually attempted here as you can see i've got i don't know whether you can see that i've got a ranking down the side, where it's sort of an arbitrary number that I've sort of put in there, but I have sorted it, so I'm capable of using a spreadsheet to some degree. Some degree. So I, I, I've got everything from the bottom. Champions is at the bottom of my list because uh, you know I've never understood, and I don't understand champions at all. Uh, it takes your your idea of strike ranks to quite a, quite an extraordinary length. Um, but but I think once you're involved in the game. I don't think it's the most clunky thing about champions, and you know, in a game of clunk, it's not the clunkiest thing. And then you you go through from things like role master, which is sort of I don't know quickness plus something added to something else, and then just you lose the will to live. And then you have got things like Call of Cthulhu, Five Torches Deep, Dex Order, um, Romance of the Perilous Land. It's a combat order role. If you succeed, you act first. If you fail, the opponents are first, which seems quite, you know, slick. Not really, un it's fairly unambiguous. But again, it's, you know, it comes back to your point, Jim, which is about there's no simultaneity. You know, it's, it's, it's well, the party's going first or the villains are going first sort of thing. And you go through, you know, so Maelstrom, speed score first. You'll be glad to hear Maelstrom's not, not, not going to be my, my sort of choice. And then I think you get a bit better with highest decks from, uh, um, in, in various games, everywhere it's an engagement role, you're rolling against a stat. Liminal, it's an initiative test, and so on. And then, um, and then I think some of the ones that actually begin to make it for me. And funnily enough, Flashing Blades, which also got a bit of a mention on Twitter. Uh, I'll leave it for you to decide who would have mentioned Flashing Blades. Uh, not looking to uh, to the sort of north uh, northwest at all. Uh, it's Dex order, but it. It does have an element of simultaneity again in there. You know, you have to put your defences and so on that make you, make you move down the order. And then you come on to three, which I really do like. I, I like Savage Worlds. I like because you've got action cards. And I, and I think there's a bit of randomness in there. And actually, I quite like that. But, but it shares out who can go when at what time. Uh, Woofrup, uh, I think why I'm a fancy role-playing, does it really nicely, which is initiative as a stat. Um, and and therefore you can become better at gaining initiative, which I, I really really did like. Uh, but but I'm going for one, uh, and I was influenced. And funny enough, I was actually influenced by Brew. Go, and apologies, go I will remember Sa it, Simon. The rest of the show. Simon, go, Major. 
it was Simon. It absolutely was Simon. You're absolutely right. And, and we sort of got, and it was, I was trying, I was trying to think, you know, initiative, does anybody else do it really well? And wargaming, you'd think there'd be more crossover from wargaming. They've got some brilliant ideas for initiative, you know, modifications in terms of the types of unit that you are, as well as then, you know, you know, taking different stacks and stuff. And one thing I liked, which made it really kind of different and, and random, I ended up having a look at Troika, um, where you have a, a, a stack of chips that go into a bag and you draw out, but one of those chips is the end of the round. And that was a slightly chaotic, but it meant that actually you could really ha- everything was going to be slightly dangerous. You know, if if the if the villains take their chip out, they get to go, but they could keep taking their chips out and complete, you know, con- continue to, to win the action. So I, I really like that. I'd like to have a look more, at more war. I don't do any war gaming at all. I've never done war gaming, um, but I, I I love watching. <laughs> I love watching the guys paint the figures. If I'm absolutely honest, but. Um, I think there's other things we could learn from, and I, I think Troika takes parts of that and this sort of randomness and this chip to- chip or token stack. Um, I think I think I really really like that. I'd quite like that to be uh, something we'd we'd look at anyway. So, oddly enough, Troika is a, is a game that, uh, that I'm going to have a uh, have to put forward as my suggestion. Uh, Chris, uh, Troika system, I. With your graph, so, Troika, I refer to as the uh, swingers solution. So you put your keys in the middle of the room <laughs> and see what comes out. I've got my pampas grass outside, actually, but I need to trim. I need to trim it, and then there's no innuendo in there. So let, let me. I've got a graph here to explain. Because the problem with initiative for me, and I have got a problem with initiative, is that it's just a laborious thing that you have to do to just sort out who goes next. And it's a bit of table management, isn't it? It's a bit. Yeah. Of, it's nothing really to do with the fun that are. Yeah. What's yeah. exciting is happening in the game. It's just having to sort things out. Yeah. It's, it's stage management. So what I've done here now, I'm going to use a. You allowed me to use a poncy word, didn't you? Diegetic and non-diegetic, and and I think this gets uh, used. Yeah. I had no I'll idea expl- what it means, but yeah, I think it gets used in some more modern storytelling <laughs> games. Uh, uh, Cat may be able to confirm this, but the idea of diegetic and non-diegetic, and it comes from film studies. So uh, the best way to describe this is uh, the use of uh, music in film. So in Risky Business, when Tom Cruise is dancing to Bob Seger, he can hear that music. He can hear that yeah. music. So that is diegetic. It built. It's in the story. The character can hear it. Anthony Perkins, when he goes into the shower at Psycho. Those violins, those violins aren't playing in the other room. That's layered over the top of it. Yeah, so that is non-diegetic. <laughs> you just ruined it for me. I thought they were there. So you've got uh, the idea of uh, story and outside of the story, uh, the use of music. And there are some uh, filmmakers who move between the two. So Martin Scorsese famously will have a character put on a record and uh, the runettes will continue so the character can hear it and then it'll go over into the next uh, into the next scene overlaid uh, onto the action where the characters can't hear it yeah so i think that's a useful way of uh, dealing with uh, initiative because what these uh, let's roll for initiative uh, mechanics do is take you out of the story they're totally non-diegetic they 
uh, take take out of that. So it's just a way of randomly determining who goes next. And then on my graph here, I've got a line that says um, how it's sorted, so how you arrange it and how it occurs. So the horizontal line is how it occurs. And I've put in, in my little quadrants okay. here the games that I've played over the last 12 months <laughs> to show where they fit within the... So at the top quadrant, you've got something like uh, Savage Worlds and D&D 5e, which uh, have the let's roll for initiative, so you break out of the whatever's happening. So you've done a great description of the monster creeping down the yeah. corridor, and the first thing you say is let's roll for initiative, and you have to have some way to determine it. Um, D&D does it with dice and modifiers, so there's some elements of um, the character that helped you to determine that. Savage Worlds, you use cards, and that is a good system and there's a lot of fun to have, but it is messy having to pull the cards backwards and forwards. And, and yeah. some of the uh, character, ele character elements good point. do come into Savage Worlds. So you've got certain edges or hindrances. It, you can do things with You can draw two cards mm. and choose the best or the worst or that kind of thing. So there is some stuff that's determined by uh, characters, mm. but not much. So to me, any that do that, I don't think they're suboptimal. Because they're random, they take you out of the story. They okay. they're non-diegetic, and uh, in terms of how they're determined and um, it, how they occur, something like Troika is completely random. Okay, but it uh, it has no basis really on or influenced by the characters in the game. Um, Golden no, Heroes is a, an interesting one, and I know that Martin, um, who was on the last uh, uh, last program that you had, make a case for this because what um, happens yeah. in Golden Heroes, if you get initiative, you get additional actions, additional frames, and it works because it emulates the comic book. Mm. So that is random, and it kind of belongs in the fiction. So that's a, an unusual one, and. Um, you get you get ones in this bottom quadrant here who uh, the cipher system where you have to roll to save to win initiative so you you have to win against your opponent the the initiative and that's awkward because you don't know what you, you, it it's the same mechanic to fight or win an initiative each time so you get a bit confused on is that a hit or is that me just getting initiative so i don't think that i'm not putting a case forward for that one and then at the bottom, you've got, okay, in good. the far corner, you've got something that has no randomness and is completely determined by what's in the story. So it's totally diegetic, which is something like RuneQuest, Strike Rank. So it, that says that if your if you dexterity and your size, you determine it and the length of your weapon, and that just gives you a, a turn order. So that belongs in there. Are you still with me? Uh, yeah, yeah, got, no. I'm just I'm just amazed that we've got a podcast that uses quadrant and diegetic. <laughs> so I've so got much, I'm making a case here today, Sunday morning, that slap bang <laughs> slap bang in the middle of uh, my, my quadrant here, that is both it, it 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 kind of deals with it within the story, but also has um deterministic elements, and that's the two D twenty Conan system. Mm -hmm. And the way that a 2D20 works Ooh. is you work it out. The, the players always go first. 
because you're the heroes in this story and you yep. determine between all of you which is the most reasonable which is which, which makes sense so if this person who, who's uh, shooting an arrow it might make sense for them to go first tactically and uh, the person uh, near to uh -huh. it to it to them uh, to go later or you might want to just uh, do something so it's all determined by the players the players sorted out between themselves as a games master i have doom points and with those doom points i could use those doom points to seize the initiative from the uh, players so if i want if i've got a, a a baddie that i think they're faster than them i'm going to take their initiative off them no, they could uh, win it back by using one of their momentum points, and we could have this trade to see who actually who actually does it within the game, and doom, yeah, doom exactly. point doom off versus yeah. momentum. So I, I think that's a really good way of dealing with it because you've got the sordid business of just sorting out who goes next. Mm. Leave the players to determine that, whatever makes sense in the, the digesis in the story. And uh, have a bit of fun about it with uh, sometimes the, the enemy's season initiative. Oh. I put that case to you, you uh, Frankenstein yeah. panel. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> My name is Dirt the Dice, the end. <laughs> <laughs> and now you slam down your brief the defense rests malud yeah well I, genuinely i think this cap you, you've got somehow to live up to uh that that uh that sort of prosecution of the initiative systems in, of yeah, other games I, yeah. um really irritating he nicked the one i was going to use so i'm going to have to think on the fly on the, but i agree with Chris. So, 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 you were yeah, you going to say code? I do have another one. I do have another one for the same reason. Come on. The biggest problem, okay. I agree with Chris, initiative, roll for initiative, it cuts, it, it cuts the big build up to, to the bad guy, to the, to the thing, the storming of the temple or whatever. It just cuts yeah. it dead. It really always cuts it dead. And as soon as you see initiative being rolled, you mentally see the person at the bottom of the initiative go, oh, I can go get a cup of tea then. And that's it. <laughs> you see it, and I've, I've played in too many D and D games, particularly yeah. where I have yeah. seen people, particularly when you get to higher levels, and the wizards won the initiative. So you know damn well he's going to be there for half an hour. So you do tend to want the table. <laughs> and I think any initiative system, I, I do not like initiative system, but I do understand the necessity because there are going to be quieter people at the table who can't sort of say, hang on, but I've got a great idea. And you need something to mean that everybody is included. So I'm not a great fan of them. But what I do like is I want a system that gets people involved and engaged. And also a good initiative system, um, although I wish we could find a better name for this, um, should draw the battle so that, or whatever this is, so it doesn't get a prolonged grinding dice fest. Because it should be cinematic. If you're yeah. getting involved in a fight, you are imagining, you know, the the fight at uh, Helm's Deep or something. You're not imagining tit for tat constantly. You imagine this big epic battle in your head. So I'm going to go with uh, Feng Shui. I like the cinematic part of it, where you roll to get your up to wherever you are on the board. People can go at the same time, and then each, depending on what you're doing, you skip down the board like how many actions it costs you. And that's like a whole scene. And that could be your whole battle if you're really careful. 
and that allows mm. people to concentrate because they may not be it may not be uh, the order of dave chris jim then me next round it could be chris jim me dave or it could be you know dave and chris go at the same time me and jim are after the after the big bad guy it varies so it keeps players engaged because mm. then they've got to think really quickly what would my character do there's none of this plotting it out because let's face it in the middle of a battle, your character is not going to have 10 minutes to decide whether he's going to shoot somebody or cast a spell. He's got to decide really quite quickly. And I, I like that. Um, mm. I know the game, a lot of people play it as a very madcap game, but the system for its initiative run is very cinematic. It's very engaging. It keeps people focused. So I'm going to go with Feng Shui. Can I ask a technical question about that? How, how does that yeah. work in terms of who decides... Uh, to change the order is that all within the control of the players uh it's within the um so when you do an action it costs a certain amount of movement you've got like a little grid board that you're moving down effectively so say you're at the top at i think it starts at something like 20 i can't i because i've seen people lengthen it in house rules <laughs> so it's like 12 or 20 it's one of those two i think it is and so say you're say you're 18 mm -hmm. um i decide to i don't know i decide to shoot a gun uh you decide to cast a spell you'll have a certain amount of movement it costs and you skip down the board but that many so that's why then it comes very random as to how far down and why everyone skips between you just keep moving down so you start 18 17 16 and you just count them down and as you skip down you and the bad guys get a lot more movements in it but it's random so you can't do that thing or that planning thing or that delaying thing because that's also one of the things i really hate in initiative delay i'm going to delay mm. your action well no mm. you've won that but why are you delaying it you know it it, it breaks the initiative system i find delaying so that's why i quite like that does that make sense? I think it does. Yeah. Uh, funny, I've, I've not played Feng Shui. I have I've read through uh, a couple of iterations actually, where it's been and and, and I've, I've seen it being played, but I never really thought about the initiative bit. I, I was. I've played um, it a few times. I've never done a serious campaign of, of it. Never. I've always done. It's been the madcap um, yeah. Hong Kong film type thing. I've never done. I've never done the time hopping serious yeah. campaign that. I feel the rules say that the rules beg for you to try at least once, but I've never done it. Yeah. I've done it. I love the engagement Fantastic. that the initiative system gives. There's no walking because you don't know when your character's mm. going to move next yet, and you don't know if it's going to be fast or, or or long. And also because of the way everyone else is giving it, you're more engaged in what everyone else is going to do, mm. and that's what I like out of it. Mm. Really, um, I do like the. Yeah. between the GM and the yeah. players with doom and fortune points as well. So because I like that little bit of engagement. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. It's that break in the narrative, which is initiative, which I think is really, really, uh, really interesting. How you actually draw that out of the game, that sort of disruption out of the game. So, okay. So we have uh, we have four very very different solutions. Four very different. I'm probably the only one who's gone in there with something completely random with Troika. I think the uh, the idea of that two d twenty I think is very strong about you know doom point storytelling. Feng Shui similarly, you know you, you 
actions are, are not always static when and who and so on that way. So I think that's really good. RuneQuest, I think, is you know, it's based on your character, the the mechanics of the of the PC. Um and I'm the only one who's given another bad example, which is which is a shame for me, but a burden that I have to bear <laughs> more regularly than I actually anticipated. So, okay, we, we've got to give a vote. So um, we'll go in reverse order this time. And Kat, we'll start with you. So you can't vote for Feng Shui, although I think you've given an extremely cogent argument for it. And I'm going to have to go and look out Feng Shui and, and, and do something with that. But I who are you going to vote for? Vote for? Yeah. I do like the strike rank thing, don't I get me wrong, because I have played RuneQuest. I do quite like it, but I, it's not the strongest, I feel, for, out of RuneQuest. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the other thing about Conan and, and that 2D20 system is I, I think it's quite a... Um, I, I found it very difficult to get to love until you play it for a little bit. And when you play it for a little bit, you start thinking... Actually, I quite like this. This is this is quite good fun, and and especially with with I played um, John Carter of Mars again, which was you know uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was great, great fun. Anyway, sorry, uh, Chris, who are you voting for? You can't obviously now vote for the two D twenty or for old time's sake, and because for? it sits at the very end using pure information, determined what's <laughs> happening in the world, and it exists in the fiction. You don't have to break anything. You have to go for uh, RuneQuest right rank. Um, but one, with one caveat, I do think, you know, this is a plea to yeah. people, don't overcomplicate it. I think mm. people overcomplicate uh, strike rank. It is actually quite simple. Um, it's, I think some mm. people get into the nitty-gritty of it. Yeah. So if you're using it for uh, Frankenstein, let's just keep it simple. Well, see, the problem is now, G Jim, you can't vote for RuneQuest, even though you have a, a profound love, as do quite a lot of the Twitterverse. In fact, funnily enough, actually, Simon Burley, uh, said of his own golden hero system, which I think you mentioned, Chris, uh, he said it doesn't work for anything other than superheroes. So he couldn't see how it, even though I did say to him, how can we make this work uh, generically? Because I, I, it similarly, I think it's a good, good system. Anyway, sorry, Jim, I'm, I'm ruining your, your moment in the spotlight again. You can't vote for well, RuneQuest. I, I don't actually, uh, as the non-professional here in the room, the Conan 2D20 system or Feng Shui. But what I... What's made me settle on this is I'm not entirely sure I like the idea of doom points. I, I like the idea of the the players sort of being in charge of their own destiny. Um, so I'm going to plump for Feng Shui because I, mm. I don't like the idea of me betting against the individual players in a way and almost picking on them and saying, right, I'm going to put a doom point on you. Um because although we don't get over it in the pub afterwards or whatever, I, I could, I, 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 I don't like that sort of adversarial. I, I guess maybe it's the British, you know, don't don't have a conflict or go all in and build an empire type type thing, and sort of passive aggressiveness. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to go for Feng Shui. And I also need to go down to IKEA, buy more shelves, and get more games. Clearly, so I can. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, Jim, uh, the, the passive yeah. aggression avoider, uh, we, we've gone with Feng Shui. And, and Kat, for the benefits of the of the listener, just did uh, quite a celebratory dance there for a moment. Uh, I'm going to completely room in it. In fact, actually, I've, I've been completely and utterly won over by uh, the argument put forward. But 
principally i think it was that sort of the graphical presentation that, that you know clearly that's 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 set me on on the path to making my decision I, i'm going with 2d20 conan actually uh, and 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 chris's suggestion i think it's i think it where you position things is very right, even though I'm still not entirely sure I understand diegetic uh, as a concept. Uh, and I keep thinking about music. Um, and I'm wondering, I was wondering at one stage, do we have to put the well, wrong should on we every should time do. we play a game or something to decide who goes first? I could just, I could just add as well, Jim, don't worry. I, I, I agree. You, you're putting Doom on the group. He's stealing the initiative from the group, so you don't have to pick on an individual. Oh, okay. Now I like that idea. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now it's just plain aggression. Uh, nothing passive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I, I, I absolutely think, even though all the other um, suggestions were, were perfectly uh, plausible, uh, our, our initial, initial initiative system, uh, suggested by Chris, becomes 2D20 Kono. Which I think is a is a fantastic uh, a, addition to the game. So, thank you very much. I think that probably deserves a little bit of a round of applause as well, if you could do that over a microphone. But brilliant! Thank you, thank you all very much indeed, uh, and, and particularly for getting up at a stupid o'clock on on a Sunday morning to record this. But you know, I really, really, I'm very, very grateful. I think again, we've looked at we've looked at everything across the whole sort of spectrum of games everything from you know liminal simba room right the way across to sort of rune quest 2d20 and hopefully even if even if we don't sort of arrive at anything that sparks uh, sparks anybody to come and play the the frankenstein's rpg when we eventually we put it together uh, and it is going to be a bit of, <laughs> bit, of, bit of a monster we do know that we will have a magic system from maelstrom uh, and and also the the initiative system from the the 2d20 conan so uh, but the game is beginning to shape, take shape. Um, uh, we've got uh, obviously the uh, combat and um, and the other elements that we've already discussed uh, to, to sort of try and fit together. And I'm I'm still struggling to see how how we're going to fit everything together. But I'm sure we will do. Character generation from uh, uh, from uh, from Call of Cthulhu. Uh, so thank you very much indeed. I really do appreciate your time. I think it looks good and. Uh, okay. Uh, thank, you. thank you. I think it's interesting when, when we're sort of putting all together all the bits. Okay, well, what, what do we need to talk, talk about? Initiative was one of those. I looked at it and thought, oh, it's going to be a bit dry. Yeah. But actually, it, quite the reverse. Uh, I mean, genuinely, quite the reverse. I think could have been. It's interesting. Well, I like how, how different people have tried to solve uh, as well. That, that it's been interesting. Would be an interesting thing to look at. Listen, I, but like you, I've not been into war games. Yeah. But maybe. Uh, uh, Jeremy would would be a good person to comment because he yeah. does the war gaming as well as lots of the role playing. So, wow! So uh, that was episode two, which I hope you enjoyed as much as uh, as much as we did putting it together. Unfortunately, we did lose Cat's uh, magic vote, uh, in which he actually voted for Leoness. So uh, I'm not entirely sure what happened there, but missed it completely. But she voted for Leoness. Hope that hasn't ruined anybody's enjoyment. Uh, so uh, what else have we learned? Uh, well, all the spells have to have fantastical names, clearly, when we do come to the final uh, role-playing game. But hopefully we also all now understand diegetic and non-diegetic and that we have to play with the Ronettes in the background. Uh, roll for Motown, in fact, has to be a thing. 
uh, and also that the Frankenstein role-playing game is going to be a monster uh, in terms of the number of books and manuals from which it's comprised. So we've now a marketing slogan, Frankenstein RPG, the only game that gives you a hernia. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at FrankensteinRPG or contact us on email uh, at the FrankensteinRPG uh, at gmail.com. You can leave us a voice message via Anchor. Uh, If you do get the time, please do pass the pod to others that you think might be interested. Uh, Or do please leave us a review on your podcast provider of of choice. Uh, Next episode, we'll be looking at uh, characteristics and investigation. So many thanks. See you soon. Stop, dude.